move around a little bit in different places. But uh, we're in this series on the Ten Commandments right now, and we're going to move forward with the next one. If you haven't been with us for the last week or two, um, last week we were supposed to cover the Second Commandment, but I have this kind of cool creative thing that I want to do, um, and the person who's going to help me with that couldn't be there last week, so she's going to be here with us next Sunday. And so there's a little bit more of that anticipation build for you for what that is. Uh, so we're kind of doing the commands out of order. We covered uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain last week, and then we're going to be looking at Sabbath this week. Uh, but before we do that, let's pray and ask God to speak to us through his word this morning. God, we are so grateful to be able to be here and to be able to worship you. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for what you're doing in our church and what you're doing in the city. We're grateful for your love, God. We're grateful for the life and the identity that we have in you. We pray, God, that you would just be with us, that you would speak through your word. You know the things that we're carrying, you know the things that we're processing, and pray, God, that you would just speak to us. Uh, we love you, and we're grateful for who you are. In your name, amen. Now, so one of the most more obvious things about the last year of the pandemic is that it has forced us to slow down. In, the, in an Atlantic article, Alan Lightman states this, In bad times, innovation can occur in habits of mind as well as in new technologies. The frightening COVID-19 pandemic may be creating such a change now. By forcing many of us to slow down, to spend more time in personal reflection, away from the noise and the heave of the world, with more quiet time, more privacy, more stillness, we have an opportunity to think about who we are as individuals, and as a society. It has forced us to slow down. How many of you would resonate with that? Like, yes, I would say, maybe not for the whole last year, but there was at least some type of season where, at, in por portion, where you felt like, man, this is going slower. This is not at the same pace. And that might have felt awkward a little bit at first, if that might have been a little unsettling for, at first for those of us who like to be go, 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 go. But I think we would all agree that it probably got to a point where it was like, ooh, this is good. Uh, I, and, you don't, and you realize some things about the pace you were going at. You realize some things about the pace that you want to move at. It forced us to slow down. It forced us to think about things. Lightman continues by saying, Habits of mind and lifestyle do not change easily. Without noticing, we slowly slip into the routines of our lives, like becoming accust so accustomed to living on a noisy street that we cannot remember our previous neighborhood in a time of silence. Some powerful force must strike to awaken us from our slumber. Now we have been struck. We have a chance to notice that we have been living too fast. We have sold our inner selves to the devil of speed, efficiency, money, hyperconnectivity, and progress. We have a chance to notice this. Hopefully, as things begin to, again, reopen, to adjust, to come back to aspects of pre-pandemic life, and those things are reintroduced, I hope that we don't speed up too quickly. I hope that we don't begin living too fast. I hope we don't forget the lessons and the things that we've thought about and realized over the last year. I hope that we can keep a sense of what's important, of who we are, 
of what we should be doing and what isn't as important. The pandemic was an unexpected chance to slow down and to pause. If only we had another thing that we could do that didn't involve a worldwide virus in which we could slow down and pause. If, if only there was another thing that we could do that would remind us of what was important, sacred, and real, and remind us on a regular basis of what that is. If only someone would come up with something that would give us a chance to stop and pause and rest. It's almost like that would be a great idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> and hence we have the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's almost like God knew what he was doing when he gave us Sabbath. And what I would want to say to you today is that Sabbath is the greatest gift that we have to bring peace to our lives. Six days a person will work and one day they will rest. To say that Sabbath is merely taking a day off does not cut it at all. To say that Sabbath is merely about not working is drastically missing the point. Why is Sabbath such an important practice for us as far as who we are that it would be included in the commands that define the relationship that people have with God? Well, the first reason why we have this is because practicing Sabbath reminds us of what is core. Practicing Sabbath does help us to pause and remember what is of most importance. God knows that we forget things very easily, so he always is about giving us reminders for the big things, for the important things. It's why there are rainbows and bread and wine for uh, communion. He wants us to remember things. And Sabbath is also a reminder. There's two really big things that Sabbath helps us to remember. First is that Sabbath helps us to remember creation, the reality of creation. It says in Exodus 31, the Israelites are to observe Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he abstained from work and rested. The, when this is written, it's connecting them to look back at creation. What happens in Genesis? And the thing that we look at when we get to Genesis is the important idea of time. In time, in Genesis, we look at the very beginning of chapter 1. It says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. 
The thing about this part of Genesis is what was God making here, but we see that there was this, it wasn't just light and darkness that was made. There's specifically the light and the darkness are given purpose. They're called day and night. And there's a rhythm there, day and night, day and night, day and night. What did God create on the first day? God created time on the first day. He who was outside of time created time. On the first day, he made time. And on days, he established a natural rhythm to life of day and night. And then on days two through six, he used time to create, to work, to bring order. And then on the seventh day, he used time to rest. It says in Genesis 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now here's why this is so important is that resting is not about napping. For us, that's what comes to mind. And there's nothing wrong with napping. I just thought somebody would say amen at that point. There's, especially parents. Like, there's nothing wrong with napping. But that's not what this is talking about. The idea of God resting, when we see the language that we see in Genesis 1, People in this time, this is temple language. This is how they would have taken this. This is how they would have understood it. And we need to understand it as it was spoken to them. And the way temples were dedicated was that there was a ceremony that lasted seven days that culminated on the final day when the image of the deity would be placed in the temple, would be brought to rest in the temple. What do we have in Genesis 1 but this cosmic temple being made over the course of seven days, and then the image of the deity, who is made in his image, is brought into the creation. But when a deity was resting in the temple, it communicated that there was no chaos in the world. When a deity was resting, it meant that nothing needed tending to. It meant that they were in control. It means that they were over creation. The chaos was gone. Everything was under their control and reign, and they rested. This is what we see in Genesis 1. God doesn't just claim authority over one spot. He claims authority over everything, all of creation. He created it. He did all of this. And his rest is not him withdrawing from creation and now going and taking a nap. His rest is him taking his place at the helm. He is in control. He is over this. He is watchful. He is God of the universe. Sabbath is for us to remember this, to bring our minds back to the reality of creation, to remember what? That God makes it clear that he is in control. His sovereignty. Do you ever need to be reminded that God is in control? By looking back to creation, it shows God shows part of time being used to be in creation, to enjoy creation. Do you ever need to be reminded that you are more than the tasks before you? 
Create Sabbath pushes us to look back at creation and the reality that God is in control and who we are under Him. He affirms work, but it also shows that time does not equal work. Because here's the thing. God was not less God on the seventh day than he was on the first six. And we are no less of a person when we're not working compared to when we are. And so Sabbath reminds us of these important realities of creation, but it also reminds us of redemption, of redemption. We have to remember that this is a story that's going to people who had been in Egypt who is part of their major part of their story. And slaves in Egypt were brick-making machines all day, all month, all year. This is all they were for, and this is all they were worth. It says in Exodus 1, they made their, the Egyptians made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. And all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Their value came in what they could produce. Their value came and they were defined by if their quota was met. They were owned. If you couldn't make bricks, then you were of no value and you were easy to be discarded. It says in Deuteronomy, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe Sabbath day, to be re- have a moment every week where you are reminded that to have a relationship with God means you won't be defined by your work. To have a, that you are reminded that a relationship with God means that you're not defined by what you produce that you're reminded that a relationship with God means you aren't enslaved, that you're free. Sabbath is a sign of redemption. What do we need to remember within it? What's been done for us? God has set us free from the slavery of sin by Jesus' death on the cross. That it, we need to be a reminder what our identity is in based in freedom, who we are in him, not what we produce, not our status, not what our culture looks to, but what God has made within us. I am not a machine. I am a child of God. And we need to be reminded of that. Sabbath is a reminder of creation and of redemption. It's why the command says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. This is a holy day. As we've said the last few weeks, the commands paint a picture of what the covenant relationship with God looks like, how we are to live in light of who God is. No, we are not under the Mosaic law anymore because of what Christ has accomplished But the heart of the law is still important to understand who God is and what it looks like to be like him and how he wants his people to be. And so here's the thing about Sabbath. Sabbath was part of the DNA of creation before it ever became a command. This is how God established things, that there is a natural rhythm to stop. The command is to remember the Sabbath. 
Remember, God wants us to be continually reminded of creation that he is in control. He wants us to be continually reminded of redemption, of what he's done and who we are in him. I don't know about you, but I bet during, for at least what, what, how I, I operate and how I think, but the moments when I am most stressed, most down, and my most difficult moments are moments in which I forget that God is in control. That I forget who I am in him and what he's done. That my mind and heart goes to other things and not the reality of who he is and what he's done. We need to be reminded of the truths of creation and redemption. And that's what Sabbath is all about. Too often we focus on the idea of not working, that we forget what it gives us and what it's for and what it's meant to be, how it's meant to be a gift and a blessing to us. Because you and I need to be reminded that God is in control and all that he's done. So practicing Sabbath reminds us of what is core. And that leads to the second thing, that practicing Sabbath gives us a natural rhythm to refocus and refresh. It gives us a natural rhythm to refocus and refresh. It says in Mark chapter 2, Jesus talking about the Sabbath. He said to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us to benefit from, for us to be reminded of creation, for us to be reminded of redemption, for us to be able to reset and refocus on the reality of who we are and who God is. Like I said, too many times we focus on, well, how do we not work? How do we not do these things? Rather than focusing on the blessing of what a time like this would give us. The day is holy. The time is holy. Not a person, not an object, a block of time that is set apart from other blocks of time. It's the difference between a day that drags on and those you didn't realize they had passed. We've all been in that situation where we've been doing something or experiencing something. It's like, oh my goodness, where did the time go? Those are the best moments. And that's what Sabbath is supposed to be for us, where a sense of time and everything going on just gets lost because of what we're focused on and what's happening. It's meant to be a regular moment of time when we forget about time and simply exist within our identity as God's kids. Sabbath is about setting apart time to exist in the reality that God is in control and I am free. It is a time that informs all of the other days of their true meaning. Jesus is Lord. I don't produce or create anything from a work standpoint. I simply live. I simply be. I simply rest and enjoy life. Sabbath reminds us that we are human beings, not human doings that we can just be. How does it help us to refocus? Well, I reorient my life. I take time to remind myself that God is in control of the universe and not me, that it rests on his shoulders and not mine. That's what 
uh, one of my favorite authors, he's, uh, youth ministry leaders and authors, he's since gone to be with the Lord, but Mike Iaconelli, um, he at one point said that one of the most, and I, some of you have heard me quote this, he said that one of the most spiritual things that some of us can do is take a nap. Because by taking a nap, we, can, we have to acknowledge that the world will go on without us and that it doesn't need us to be at the helm. One of the most spiritual things that we can do is to take Sabbath, to step away from our work, to acknowledge, you know what, the world will go on without us. We can take this time and enjoy the life that God has given us. We can enjoy the fact that God is in control and he will keep, keep things in order while we step away from things. It helps us reorient our life back to God. It helps us reorient ourselves with who we are. My identity is not in what I produce. And you know what? In our context, in the context that our church is within, whether you're a student, whether you work downtown, whether you, if you're living in the city of Chicago, that we are tempted to find identity in what we produce, in the job that we have, in the grades that we have, in the title that we have. And if you don't have that, something's wrong. If you don't have that, you haven't met, met, reached a goal. If you have, don't have that, there's something less. That's not how God operates. And for some of us, we need Sabbath to remind us to, that we need to drop our expectations down a peg and see these things for what they are. Yes, good blessings from God, but not our identity and value. Because we put too much stock in them when we should be looking to who we are in the Lord. And for others, we need to be encouraged that if we haven't gotten that or we're not there, that's okay. We need to reorient ourselves on who we are and not be tempted by the values and expectations of this culture that think differently. Your value is not based on what you produce. Your identity is not in your job. Your value and your identity is in who you are as a child of God. And nothing can compete with that. Nothing can provide for you and give for you and your heart and your soul like God can. Nothing that this culture tells us to value and hold on to can compete with him. And so Sabbath helps us reorient, my, reorient myself to those realities. It helps me to look back and to look ahead, to refocus on what God has done in my life and what he has promised and who I am within those things. It helps limit my choices to God, to family, to community, to creation, rather than all this other stuff. It helps me establish boundaries. The time is given to be able to say no to things, to be able to turn off your phone, to not check things, and simply be. To view time how God wants us to, to step out of the craziness and use time to remind yourself of your identity. The reminder of creation and redemption, of how it allows us to refocus and refresh, we must see this as an amazing gift. But we have to see how serious that gift is. Exodus, again, during their time and during this season and history of God was working with Israel, 
Part of the law was in Exodus 31, observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoever does any work on that day must be cut off from his people. Now that might seem pretty harsh, like holy cow, just by not doing this. But again, remember what was going on here. The death penalty was for those who violated the sanctity of life. I mean, we're going to talk in a couple of weeks about the idea of thou shalt not murder. And their mindset to not take Sabbath, it's like you're working yourself to death. Your murder is not valuing somebody else's life. Not keeping Sabbath is not valuing your own. And so there, are, there were consequences for that. There was a reality to that. We have to see how serious this is. Not taking a Sabbath means you are devaluing the life that you've been given. No, we're not under that particular aspect of the law. Thank the Lord. But we should see something in that. By not allowing yourself to take a Sabbath, you are devaluing the life that God has given you. By not allowing yourself to take Sabbath, we're finding our identity in other things. Maybe even feeling we need to be maintain control rather than finding our identity in him and allowing him to be in control. Why is this so important? I asked Isaac to help me with something. Isaac, where are you at? Isaac's going to um, play something on the drum. So I, I, I'm not a drummer, um, but good. Now see, nice, easy drum beat, right? And as he's playing, there's a nice rhythm to that. I mean, obviously he can play faster. He could uh, speed it up. He can do different styles. But there's a rhythm to it. You can hear the rests between the hits. And so I know our musicians, some people want to like add something to this. So you can play along with it, sing with it. Awesome. Thank you. Let's hear it for Isaac. Really good, right? So that sounds good. But what if it was like this? Is that good? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Beyond the America's Got Talent next season. That's life without a Sabbath. There's no pauses. There's no rhythm. And you, you I, I couldn't see you, but I know that even by, behind a smile, there was cringing. This is not how it's supposed to sound. But the reality, without allowing yourself time to refocus and refresh, to not having a regular moment, a regular rhythm to your existence, to remind yourself that God is in control, a regular reminder to, of redemption, that it's all identity is in God, you're living the way I was playing drums. That the pace of your life is like that, and then you wonder why we get stressed, down, overwhelmed. It's because we're living at a pace that stresses us, brings us down, and overwhelms. We need, we need to live the way Isaac was playing, where there's more of a rhythm to it. 
There's more of a pause. There's pauses in there. There's rest in there. Yes, it was, he was continually hitting the drum. But in the way that he was hitting it, the way that he was playing it, there were rests in there. And your life needs Sabbath rest. You need to give yourself permission to take Sabbath. And again, I know that when we talk about the commandments, and we've been reiterating this, no, we don't ordain or reorient our lives around the Mosaic law. This is part of the Old Testament and what was going on in Israel. And God has, Jesus has freed us from that. We align our lives based on who he is and the new covenant and all of that. But the Old Testament, the Old Testament law and the Ten Commandments still reflect God's character. And we are to be holy as he is holy. Even though we're not under the Old Testament law, we still, the God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it reflects his heart. And so when we look at the commands, we have to ask ourselves, how does this reflect our heart? We still need to remind ourselves about Sabbath. No, there's not a repetition of the command in the New Testament. Because Sabbath was a Sabbath thing before we had the commands. The way God designed creation was that there would be a rhythm of rest. And you need that. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your tasks are. I don't care what you have on your plate. I don't care how many, whatever. All of us need Sabbath. No one should live at that pace. No one should live at that rhythm. It's okay to be high-functioning. It's okay to be, have a high capacity. It's okay to be able to do a lot of stuff. But even within that, your soul needs a break. Who you are needs to be reminded of who God is and who you are in him. You need to give yourself permission to refocus and refresh on the reality of who God is and who you are in him. And practicing Sabbath gives us that natural rhythm. And so give yourself permission to Sabbath. Well, how is that done? Well, practicing Sabbath must be intentionally prepared for and practiced. Having gone to Israel a lot of times over the last five or six years, I've been able to interact um, with the Jewish community more than I ever have in my life. And so I've seen how there's a preparation for Sabbath. Um, when the, um, the horn goes off on Friday night and we enter into Sabbath until the time it, it ends Saturday night, um, there is, it's, it's amazing to see how the community preps for this. We're Thursday night into Friday during the day where extra chores are done or more food is gathered so that they don't have to do those things over the next 24 hours how they're preparing meals and getting things ready and doing all the cleaning and getting it all set up to where, man, when Shabbat begins, they can just experience it. And to see the entrance into that, to walk into Sabbath, there is celebration, there's dancing, there's singing, Shabbat Shalom, and it's, it's a joyous moment. It's, an all, it's not a, oh, now we got to do this. I can't work. It's a joyous, celebratory thing, and they have prepared for it intentionally. And I think we can take some lessons from that example of preparing and being active and responsible and intentional 
and how to make Sabbath happen. And so here's what you need to do. Two questions to ask yourself. First off, when will your Sabbath be? We're told it's not about the day, it's about taking a day. Six days God worked and then one he didn't. It doesn't say God worked Monday through Saturday and then took Sunday off. It says he worked six days and then took a day and he rested. Now, there's obviously something about doing it Monday through Saturday because as church we gather on Sunday and to allow that to be part of what we're doing. Not seeing that as work or a chore, but the blessing of being part of the community of God that he has redeemed us in and connected to us because this isn't optional when it comes to faith. It's something that we desperately need. Just attack that on. And so there is something about that. But maybe that's not something you can do. Maybe you have to do it um, on Friday. Maybe you have to do it on Saturday because of whatever your work is. But having yourself, giving yourself a 24-hour time period where you're going to Sabbath. Maybe you do it from morning until evening. Maybe you do it the way um, my Jewish friends do in Israel, where it's Friday night, uh, Friday night to Saturday night, and they do that 24-hour period. But something within the idea that not setting up a legality and some type of ritual that we feel guilty about, but being positive and excited about the fact of here's the time where I'm going to rest and step away from tasks and just enjoy life, God, and community. And so you have to ask yourself, it's crucial that you organize and think about the time this is going to happen and then prepare for it. And so if you do it all day Saturday, well then what needs to happen Friday? What needs to happen Thursday? Do you need to go grocery shopping? Do you need to clean the house? Are there any tasks that you need to do? Any chores that you need to do? You're going to have to do them anyway. And so just getting them out of the way to where they're not happening that day. Again, not becoming legalistic about it, but setting yourself up for the fact that you're not doing this type of stuff on that day. And so figuring out when it's going to happen. Um, And again, I'm telling you that this is what you should do, but you need to do it. You have to make that and be intentional and make that decision. So whether after service or later today, you pull your calendars out and say, okay, am I going to do this? When is this going to happen? And if uh, you, know, you look at your own life and your own schedule, if you're married, your family, figure out what that looks like. But when am I going to take this 24-hour time? And if this is brand new to you, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to turn this in corner? And well, then try 12 hours at first. Try eight hours at first. But don't not do it. I'm telling you, this is the type of thing where if you make this a regular part of the rhythm of your life, it's going to change things. It's going to change things for the better. It's going to give you that time of refreshing and refocusing, of being reminded of who you are and who God is. It's going to give you every week a portion of the good that the pandemic has given us to slow down, pause, and reflect. And so when is your time going to be? The other question, and I think it's the one that we don't ask when we think about Sabbath because we're so focused on the first question, is what will you do on your Sabbath? Not what will you not do. What are you going to do on your Sabbath? 
It should be entirely different than the other six days. So you're not, yes, you're not working, but that doesn't mean that you're taking a day just to be bored for the Lord. You're taking a day to not work, but what can you do? What can you enjoy? What can you experience? The day is supposed to be about joy and celebration and community and praise to the Lord. It's not about inactivity or doing nothing. What refreshes you? What fills your tank? What would just thinking about the idea of doing it, you already start smiling? That's the type of thing you need to be doing every week on Sabbath. The best meal of the week should be the meal that you prepare for Sabbath. The best night of sleep should be that night because there's something different about that time. So what can you do? What do you enjoy? Maybe it's gardening, but we're not supposed to be any work. You're not supposed to produce things. You're not supposed to find value. But that doesn't mean you can't do things and just enjoy creation. And so if doing gardening fills you, gives you happiness, joy, you thank God for this, then do that. Don't do your job, but do things that fill you. Maybe it's art, maybe it's music, maybe it's play, maybe you need to go buy a thing of Legos, maybe you need to go to the Hobby Lobby and buy some paints, maybe you need to play an instrument, maybe you need to go walk along the lake, maybe you need to play a sport. What fills you and do that? But also it shouldn't be just an individual act. God was saying this to the the nation. We should see this as a thing for community for family. And so what can you do that's going to connect you to God? Because remember, it's not just a day off. It's a day to be reminded of redemption, a day of reminding of creation. And so what can you do to remind you of who he is? What can you do to remind yourself of who you are in him? What can you do to connect with your family? What can you, maybe you need a, that's the day that you FaceTime home. Maybe that's the day that you have people over. What can you do to be connected with others? Maybe that's the day that you meet with other people from church or that family or that person that you always wanted to connect with, but you haven't. Man, to have a regular time where you're giving yourself permission to enjoy the community he's placed you in. Maybe that's the day that Sabbath you make those connections. What can you do to connect with his creation and just be in awe of him. What, when will you do this? And what will you do? And let me just say this, because I know how our human minds work. I know how the psyche works. I know that you're all, many times, you're like, I can see some of you shaking your head. I can see the wheels spinning. Yeah, this is a good idea. But then you're going to leave, go get tied up with something and forget what I said. So let me just raise the lid here and say this in such a way that you're going to take it serious. I dare you. I triple dog dare you to take a Sabbath. What, you can't handle it? Let me put it that way. (laughs) The reality is we all need this. I mean, we, we, we need to get better at this in our family. But we typically, Friday nights, this is just, we, without even calling a Sabbath, this has become a natural rhythm for us over the last year. 
where Friday nights, the kids know there's no homework. They don't have to, they don't have to do any homework. I mean, we, we find out what the homework they do have to do when it's over. But they don't, there's no homework. There's nothing like that Friday night. Every Friday night, the, our rhythm has been, because we live really close to one, and it's my kid's favorite thing, we get Chipotle, we bring it home, we set up our TV trays, and then we watch whatever's on Disney Plus that week. So we did, you know, uh, Mandalorian, then WandaVision, now we're on Bad Batch. Every Friday night, we do that as a family. We started watching The Chosen show that's uh, there as well. We'll do something else. Sometimes we'll play a game, but this has been our every Friday night. To where now, when some things have come up, um, a family thing or whatever, the kids, unprompted, the kids will go, well, what about Chipotle? What about, aren't we going to watch? Because it's become such a thing for our family just to be together on that night and do nothing. It has changed the dynamic of our family, to not have to work, to not have to do anything, and just be together. What does it look like for you? What can you just laugh about? It's okay to play a little bit, to enjoy, and you need to do it with Sabbath. And I would challenge you as well to take many Sabbaths. I, this is just my kind of personal disciplines and rhythm and values. I have to give myself at least a half an hour a day to do nothing. I cannot go to bed, just work, 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 family, 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 everything, and then go to sleep because I'll feel like I just, I've been needed all day. (laughs) And so just to give myself a half an hour, and to me, that's a mini Sabbath. I am not going to feel guilty for the next half hour to play a game or to watch a show or to read a book because I need time just to stop and refresh. We need the Sabbath, the big chunk, and maybe that's why some of our rhythms are so off, but I think that doesn't mean that we work ourselves to death the other six days. And so putting just a small amount in there to give you that taste of what's to come when you take the fuller Sabbath. Jesus said this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are very burdened, busy people. We have a lot of needs and we have a lot we need to do. We are stressed, we are anxious, we are overworked, and then we have other things on top of that. Some of that is for very good reasons, sometimes for stressful uh, other reasons. We need to be reminded of who we are. We need to be reminded that God doesn't want us to have a life like that. That God wants us to be under his control and his reign, which is not a reign of find your value in what you do, but it's a reign and find your value in the fact that I love you beyond what you can comprehend. I love you. Find your value in what I have done and produced, not what you can do or produce. You need to find your rest in him. And for some of us, that's a reminder of who we are. But maybe for you in here, maybe you watching at home, maybe you've never found that in the Lord. Maybe you've never put your faith in him to find that rest in him. 
And that's what you need to do today. Because if you've never put your faith in Jesus and began a relationship with him, surrendered who you are to him to find new life in him, then taking a Sabbath every week will be a great day off for you. But it will never do for your soul what it is longing for. You were made to be in relationship with God. A Sabbath is supposed to be a reminder of what you have. And if you don't have that yet, that's what you need. And so I pray that today that you find your life in Jesus. I pray that you put your faith in him and reach to him and find identity in him. And if you have questions about what that looks like or what that means, we would love to help you with that. You can just see me afterwards or if you're at home, fill out that form about needing help. Talk to somebody with one of the lanyards on. We would love to talk to you about a life with Jesus. But you need to find your rest in him. We all need to find our rest in him. Let's pray. God, we thank you and praise you for who you are. We thank you, God, so much that you don't want us to be worked to death. You don't want us to be defined by the bricks that we've made the houses that we've built, the titles that we've secured, the grades that we have, in whatever direction that they go. We thank you, God, that you give us something that we can build our lives on that's a firmer foundation than anything. We thank you, God, for the love that you give us, what gives us an identity beyond anything else we could look to. God, we thank you for the sacrifice which you've given. We thank you for the rest which you provide. I pray that you would give us courage, God, to Sabbath and receive the amazing gift that you've given us within it. It's in your name we pray, amen. Let's stand.